Hi, I'm Erica Ramirez, founder of Illy and host of What About Your Friends, a podcast dedicated to the many lives of friendship and how it's portrayed in pop culture. Every Wednesday on the Ringer Dish feed, I talk to my best friend, Stephen Othello, and your favorites from within the Ringer and beyond about friendships on TV, in movies, pop culture, and our real lives. So join me every Wednesday on the Ringer Dish feed, where we try to answer the question TLC asked back in the day, what about your friends? This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA, I make calls, I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it, you can work out in it, you can go outside, you can go shopping down in your local wherever, and you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. Welcome to Ringer Realities. It was all a stream. I am Chelsea Stark-Jones, and I am so excited to be talking Selling OC with my girl, Jody Walker. Jody, the OC is back, baby. Welcome to the OC, bitch. We're back. I can't <laughs> believe it. Um, I love Selling the OC. These people, the Vaseline <laughs> lens that they use on this show, I want to know how to get it on my own webcam. I just want to look as dewy and outrageous and insane as they look when they walk into the Oppenheimer group office wearing a blazer suit that somehow also features a whale tail thong in the back, <laughs> carrying a MacBook unsleeved like Rihanna. That's how I feel when I come into a podcast with you, Chelsea. I hope that it's the energy I'm giving off. It really is. It is the Great. energy you're giving Great. off. You're giving off major uh, rose energy. You like, can't see it, but I am wearing a cocktail dress with fully sheer panels <laughs> up and down the sides. <laughs> I will say, I am not a big fan of Selling Sunset. I watched a couple of episodes, and I don't know what it is about Selling OC that really hooked me season one. And season two, I mean... I want to watch it again. I'm, I'm, I love this show. Like it, it, it's so good. I don't, yeah, I don't know if it's the outrageous fashions that they choose to wear. Some of them I do. I will admit, I, I like. I am a good. I, I like Alex Hall's. If I were to choose anyone's closet, it might be Alex Hall's. Yeah, or let's talk about it. Sometimes. Best, best and worst dressed on selling the OC. 
Okay. Best dress. Well, you know, Brandy actually, she brought a, she brought, she's, she's more classy. Mm-hmm. She, 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 you know, and she obviously says that this season. It's like, I don't agree with you, Jezebels. Like, I am a classy woman. Um, Brandy's closet would be my work attire. Alex Hall's closet would be my social attire. What Brandy lacks in the ability to say an idiom correctly ever, <laughs> she very much makes up for in the ability to pull off like a blazer suit. You're right. Like, I almost don't notice what Brandy's wearing because it's just, it's a little more straightforward. Yes. I can't ever see like the inner lining of, you know, like any, yeah, or like any <laughs> creases that I'm not expecting to see. Alex Hall, and I'll say this because they talk about it on the show has the best boobs, the whatever side of the Mississippi they're on. Like, <laughs> what it, stuff? It, it is, they are really incredible and she knows how to get them to the people. You know, I do remember that last <laughs> season she wore a lot of like chains that went all the way down mm-hmm. her sternum and she doesn't seem to be doing that anymore. But the ways that she figures out to show her cleavage, the underside, the outsides, the inside, the upper side. It's like really impressive. Yeah, she puts a lot of thought into the breast work, I will say. Um, <laughs> who, who's your least favorite dressed person on the cast? It is Alexandra Rose by a mile. I yeah. mean, I cannot make heads or whale tail of what she is wearing. I have to say, just in case anyone didn't notice, because it is a really brief clip. It's not like a main scene, but she walks into the office in a like taupe, like sort of brownish suit and skirt. You know, they're always sort of like cosplaying business wear. Yes. And the skirt has a whale tail. Like, I know that that's back in, like, L.A. fashion right now to, like, have the sort of thong-looking thing coming out of the pants. But to see it coming out of a out of a skirt and into a blazer was not a silhouette I could have predicted. Yeah, I have to agree. Alex Rose is also my least favorite dressed person. And, and I will say, like, maybe the whale tail is back in L.A. fashion, but Orange County fashion is so different than L.A. fashion. So seeing some of these outfits on these women where I'm like... Maybe this translates to Los Angeles, but you're in the OC. Like, this does not work. And my least favorite outfit that she wore, I can't remember what party it was for. It might have been for um for ty- Tyler's, Tyler's brokerage open. Yeah, the yellow dress. You're being very generous to call it a dress, <laughs> Chelsea. <laughs> the handkerchief she was wearing. It yeah, was like the, and outrageous. It had the, the V-shaped yellow thing going down in front of the the uh, vaginal area and then the mesh, which like at first I thought it was just a little loincloth, but then there was mesh around it, but it just looked so tacky. It was bad. It's crazy. Like the mesh really is such a wild feature of their outfits. Like (laughs) you, it's like, you don't see that much mesh in everyday wear unless someone is a figure skater. Or it's Halloween. (laughs) Or it's Halloween. I mean, it just like that skin colored mesh that you occasionally see on like an Oscars gown to do like a visual illusion (laughs) is what they are doing for everyday wear. Yes, yes. The thing is, Rose just like, they've created some atmosphere of their own aesthetic within that office. And there is like a gas leak that has convinced them that it's okay. But but Rose is always like just missing it. You know, it's like she's kind of doing the same thing, but then she's showing like 
all of her boobs or like, I mean, she just, she's wearing club wear. That's what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. They're wearing cocktail dresses and that looks crazy. And she is wearing club wear and that looks like a different kind of crazy. Yeah, she's about to hit up the Newport bars after each listing. Um, Guys, so what we're going to do is we're going to recap season two of Selling OC here. We're going to first start with the first four episodes and then recap the next four episodes, the final four, um, and an upcoming, uh, episode. So these first four episodes, the season starts. Okay. Well, let's backtrack. Cause I remember where I was September, 2022, when we got the news that Brittany snow and Tyler were getting a divorce. I was shocked. I thought it was a direct correlation with what we saw in season one and the nosies and the poly stripping and swimming in the ocean in front of two married men. I was like, no, duh. This is why they're getting a divorce. However, and Brittany Snow herself has also insinuated that it was Tyler that asked for the divorce. So going into season two, Tyler is single. He is a man on the prowl, it seems. And, uh, and he's, you know, doing the damn thing, I I guess. (laughs) I was shocked, but not surprised by the announcement of the divorce because like watching season one, knowing how freshly he and Brittany Snow were married at that point and like how flirty he was being with Alex Hall, a lot of nose surrounded foreplay that I've never (laughs) heard of must be OC centric. Just, yeah. Like he just didn't seem like a married man in the way that he very much seemed like he had, he had not sowed all of his oats or something. Like he was wanting to still, and that that seems to be another part of the culture of this office is like going out, no HR department in sight. You know, I'll hand it to Gio that like Gio (laughs) behaves himself like a professional person. Married man. Yeah, Like a married (laughs) man. He shows... I mean, he just, yeah, it's like he's he's mostly just disgusted by his coworkers in general. There's a general level of disgust that keeps him from engaging on an inappropriate level. Even if he is the one that first made me write down in my notes, does this office have an HR department because of <laughs> some joke he made about Hall and Tyler? I also don't like that we're calling her Hall this year. Like last year we called her Alex Hall, double name, two first names. Because there are so many Alexandras. And this year, everyone's just calling her Hall. And I don't really know that it has, like, the, like, gravitas to just be Hall. But I'll try. Yeah, it's a little little strange. Uh, I'll call her Alex or (laughs) Alex Hall. I don't think I'll call her just Hall. Um, But, yeah, so going into the season, this is what I was most looking forward to was how Alex and Tyler were going to interact with one another because... He's now single. She seemingly wanted to be with him when he was married. So what is this cat and mouse skin going to be? And we first scene of the season two is Tyler and Alex together at one of his new listings and them talking about divorce. Well, he also, I do believe, makes a comment about how good her breasts look and then carries her up the the hill so she doesn't have to walk in the dirt with her heels. Um, over I at least do flirtatious. believe, Chelsea, that you are describing this scene with more chemistry than it had, even by <gasps> just speaking out loud and being a normal person with a normal cadence of voice. It sounds like I found this scene 
so deeply awkward. And I was like, oh, they've been fucking, but now they have to be around each other on camera and professional, and that's why they're being awkward. But they're making it seem like throughout the course of these first four episodes that they have not had sex. And in fact, he's been palling around with someone else in the office. And I just can't believe they haven't had sex yet. But I also can't believe they're acting like this in front of each other. Like, it's until that moment when he picks her up, it's so weird the way they're talking. It is. It's tense. However, I do think you're onto something with, I think the awkwardness comes from the fact that they have been... overly flirty and they have to pretend like, oh, I'm just your friend helping you through this divorce type thing. Like, that's the shtick. Like, I've been through divorce, so I could help you get through divorce. When honestly, I do think there's been a little bit more handsy play off camera than what they, like, want us to believe. I just, I don't know how to take it all in. Like, of course, I thought that they had been hooking up when we came into season two and that that started happening immediately following the separation, maybe before. But then we, you know, go on, and we'll talk about this in more detail, but we go on to find out that he's made out with Polly. We see Alex receive that news. And the thing about selling the OC and selling Sunset is that, like, this isn't your Bravo reality show. Like, this is Vaseline Lens, wildly produced. We're only seeing them for about six hours of the day. Like, it's just not, we're not getting their whole lives. We're getting this very produced package. But I did feel like when Alex Hall found out that he and Polly had made out, it was sort of like a fresh response. And wouldn't she be really mad mad if she'd been hooking up with, actually hooking up with Tyler? She's also so in love with him. Like, (laughs) and so obsessed with this idea of like retroactively making them high school sweethearts. Like when they go and visit that, his childhood home together. And she's like, how did we never meet on this beach? Tyler, Tyler, how did we never meet on this beach? And he's like, ma'am, I've never seen you in my life. I like honestly hate how much I can't stand her, but she's still somehow my favorite person on the cast. I don't know how it works. Absolutely agree. But like, she is so obnoxious to me, but I really enjoy her. She she is so powerful. Like, Juliet and I talked about this last season. Like, she has this Kristen Cavallari energy. She's trying to go Lauren Conrad, but she is Kristen Cav... And it's just, like, this powerful mean girl energy that my... I don't even know which sad little click I'd be in in this office, but I would want her to like me so bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I 90% disagree with everything she says, but somehow I'm like, yeah, Team Alex Hall, she's the only one that I follow on Instagram from this entire cast. Don't know why. Um, but going back to your point about how they don't get deep um, on this show, like, we don't see a lot of their personal lives. We only see, you know, the, as you call it, Vaseline-colored glasses, lenses um, that they want us to see. Um, Tyler, I was hoping for a little bit more about his thought process on why he got divorced. Um, we didn't get a lot of intel of, like, you know, we rushed into it because I do think they met in COVID or so, or they got married in COVID. Like, you know, we maybe took things too fast. We want different things out of our relationship. Like, nothing. It was just like we got divorced. But, like, we couldn't get anything as to why. And, I, of course, we all have our reasons or, or assumptions as to why. But I was just a little bit disappointed that we didn't get any substantial 
thoughts from him about what went into the divorce process. And he could have said something without throwing Brittany under the bus, you know? Yeah, Tyler gets away with a lot because he has this interesting thing of actually being attached to a celebrity. He Mm -hmm. is a pure Nepo baby. And like, I feel like he's letting that he's letting that be obvious way more this season than last season. So at least, I guess at least he's being a little more forthright about that, but it's still like outrageous how much of his job is because of his dad. And he's also like 6'5 and has a Superman chin on him, you know? So like he's just, he doesn't have to give what the others are giving on a level of, being insane. Um, So he's just this kind of like simple person and he definitely keeps the walls up and is not... I I don't know right now if he's giving enough for a season three. Like, he's definitely going to get asked back, but it's just, it's kind of, you know, it's just kind of unfair. (laughs) He's riding on our girl Alex Hall's coattails and I will say like season one, I did... I didn't I didn't like the flirtatious stuff that he was doing as a married man and and whatnot. However, season two, these first four episodes, I've completely turned against him. I find him to be so unattractive and a complete fuckboy. Like I just I'm not here for for Tyler this season whatsoever so far. Um but the office, one of the big, you know, plots of the season or of you know, so far is this Cabo office announcement. So the twins the oppenheimers jason and what's the other one's name brett um who only comes in for these like big quote-unquote important meetings tells the group that they're opening an office in cabo and it was actually kind of funny like they talk about how oc clients they have a lot of property in cabo they like to go to cabo a lot and on morally corrupt rachel did point out like why do these women like to go to mexico so much like what is it and zach peter when they were discussing real housewives of orange county zach peter noted i I think it's just an oc thing and i do think it's an oc thing of just like hopping over it's a southern california thing in general like getting to mexico is so easy and so fun um but yes so they're opening this big office in cabo the real estate down there is amazing And so that's kind of the whole like working storyline that we get that's building. But then we also get, again, this love triangle or uh, not a love triangle, but this love story, flirtation story with Tyler and Alex and how it's starting to kind of seethe into the office drama. And Brandy goes to lunch with Kayla and then the other girl in the office that they only show every once in a while. I don't remember her Lauren. name. Lauren. Kayla and Lauren. Lauren, who is like silent, but occasionally just wearing feathers in the bra- background. Yeah. Like, sometimes <laughs> she's just like dressed like Poison Ivy from Batman. And just like, oh, Lauren's here. Yes. Kayla and Lauren and Brandy get lunch together. And Kayla or Brandy really articulates how this whole Alex and Tyler thing is a little weird. Brandy obviously was reading the rumor mills like we were and the speculation around Alex and Tyler and Brittany Snow, et cetera. And so she just says, you know, I think it's a bad look for Alex to be all over Tyler like this. It looks bad. And I will say I do agree with Brandy. However, I think she takes it a little too far and personalizes it to herself, like makes it a part of her personality a little bit too much to where she does seem 
I don't want to say psychotic, but it just... (laughs) I don't want to say like the strongest word possible, but I do feel it. (laughs) But something close to that, you know, it was just, she takes it just one step too far to where then she loses her argument. Yeah, she's being like morality police because she's like, she's drawing this line between is he separated or is he divorced? And she has no idea what the terms of their separation might be. It's like, in I don't know about in California, but like in a lot of states, you you legally have to be separated for a year before you can get divorced. So like people who are sure that they're breaking up, what are they supposed to like? They can't date for that year because as Brandy keeps saying, the ink isn't dry on the divorce. I can't like the way, you know, it's her in these idioms. That one she is actually using correctly, but <laughs> I, I don't think I or anyone will ever recover from her in season one saying, you know what they say about those tables and everyone like blinks at her really big and she's like, they're going to turn. And it's just like, Brandy, you're not doing it. That's not it. That's not there. But like she gets these sayings in her head. She can't get them out. Like the ink isn't dry on the divorce, but it's been like a year. And I mean, maybe that's not, we don't know. Like we don't know what Tyler and Brittany Snow decided, whether they date during this separation or not. And Brandy doesn't seem to know that either, but she has this like very hard stance on that. Like he shouldn't be flirting with anyone. I think she has a leg to stand on in the professional degree, but she's also getting her hands in something personal by taking such a strong stance on like Tyler's life. And then when she's confronted about it, being like, well, I didn't know I couldn't share an opinion. And like half of the opinion is just, yeah, it's just fully an opinion. Yeah. And again, it's, it's to your point, it's a step too far. Like, do I think it's inappropriate for Tyler and Alex to be flirting when he just got divorced and many people think Alex is the reason why he got divorced. Yeah, I think it's a little, you know, not tasteful. Um, But yes, to your point, many people are separated. Many people date during their separations and they are going towards divorce. She does not know the status of his relationship with Brittany Snow. And she doesn't know if she's going to get back together. Like, so so I, I do think that's where she took it too far. I, as a friend, would have been like, yo, Alex, like, I do think it looks a little tacky that you guys are so, like, flirtatious and, like, there's these rumors going on. I just want you... I want to make sure you're aware of it and how it could come off. But, like, that's where it needed to end. Not with, like, he could still get back with his wife. Like, you don't you don't know that because you don't know them. I have to say that I am LOLing at our, our outline, which our wonderful producer Sasha has written for us. And after noting that Brandy, one of her points in her sort of like moral tirade is that couples get separated all the time and then get back together. And like, Alex doesn't want to be the one who ruins that. And then Sasha has said, this is simply very untrue. Multiple (laughs) online sources put the post-separation reconciliation rate at between 10 and 15%. I I bet your producers, I bet your producers don't do this type of research here. Like at the ringer, we, these are facts. These are women in STEM. We have numbers. We have science. We're backing up our thoughts <laughs> with multiple <laughs> online sources. <laughs> Thank you, Sasha. Yes, I agree. I do. I like, I think, I think she took it too far. Her, her overall thesis is correct, but where she went with it to prove her points is a little bit astray. 
I really like Brandy. Like, I think she's I a good person. And that is almost what makes her an outlier within this, this group of debauchery. Like, this cast and this, like, real estate thing is, like, you know, she, anytime she's confronted, she almost immediately gets emotional, which I deeply relate to and is a frustrating, like, physical response to, like, physiological response to something. But she kind of, anytime she sort of tries to dish it, she can't really take it in return. So it's never, like, an even exchange. It's not. And then also to give some context to that, too, is that she did lose her mother. Um, I I don't know exactly the timeline, but shortly before filming started, I, it seemed like. So, like, she has a lot of emotions going on with that. She said her mom was, like, a very much, like, her center, her rock, and someone that she would go to. So I'm sure she's, like, feeling this way, and then she, like, probably just wants to call her mom and can't, so she breaks down. Oh, um, oh now I'm going to cry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, but an- another weird breakup that it seems like we're getting is this Jarvis and Rose thing going on. Um, I thought they were pretty stable, like best friends season one. And so when we started to get some like cracks in the concrete, I was like, huh, maybe this isn't as um, genuine of a friendship slash business ship as I thought it was going to be or was. And we see that through a couple of things. But the first one was a showing that Rose and Jarvis did together at this beachfront property um, at the Wedge in Newport. They do end up getting this listing. I think also they got it from door knocking. Um, but Rose what was being very cringy and flirtatious during this uh, listing appointment. Uh, just asking the guy if he brings girls home here. This is a great place for girls. Um, just, just very like gross. Um, and you could tell that Jarvis was noticeably uncomfortable by it, but kind of rolled it off her chest. Um, what did you think of this whole thing? I was trying to remember while I was watching if like we saw Rose be flirty like this in season one, or if this is sort of like a new personality that she's trying on. And to be clear, anytime you watch Rose do anything, it does feel like she is sort of like wearing the skin suit of a human and trying on a new personality. Like (laughs) she, especially watching Jarvis and Rose together, but sometimes when you get Jarvis off on the side, it's like, oh, she's just a strange bird who's like obsessed with water for some reason. Rose is like a pod person. And I don't know if she's like that if you just caught her off the show. But when she gets in front of a camera, she has such an off-kilterness to her that it is like, it's like, I have to like hide behind a pillow sometimes. She's bizarre. And it is it is interesting. When you see them separated, they do seem like completely different people than when they are together. But the thing about Rose is, yeah, I don't remember specifically her being flirtatious with buyers, but I do remember the rumor was that she did sleep with her contractors or she did sleep with people to get the listings. So to see her like openly being flirty with these buyers was like, his name was Greg. Greg. She kept being like, is this where the magic happens? Greg. (laughs) And when she took the binoculars, I was like, do you look at girls with these binoculars, Greg? It's like, like, no, well watching, ma'am. Poor Greg. Um, (laughs) Yeah, like he kept trying to bring the conversation back to like whales. And she was like, 
Greg, what do you have in that? It's just, it's so embarrassing. The thing that's so uniquely strange about this show is that it is often very embarrassing to watch. Like, the people on it are doing really embarrassing things and behaving in embarrassing ways. But it's such a different kind of embarrassment than, like, I don't know, watching The Bachelor or something. Because usually when you're embarrassed watching an a reality TV show, it's like a secondhand embarrassment. It's like you can relate to it. You're like, oh no, I would, this would make me so embarrassed. When I'm watching Selling the OC, I don't relate to like, these are people I've never met before. Like I couldn't, I've never seen anyone act like this. I don't relate to any of this, but I know even in that sense that it is embarrassing. (laughs) Yes, yes. And so, like I say, the cracks start to form between Jarvis and Rose. And I'm, I'll skip a little bit a ways down, but when Jarvis goes dress shopping with Chelsea from Selling Sunset, you know, she asks, are you inviting anyone from the office to your wedding? And she says no, because she tells us she's eloping. It's going to be a small thing. And then Chelsea asks, well, if it was a bigger thing, would you invite somebody? And she still says no. And that's when I was like, oh, her and Rose just aren't, they're not real friends. No, and I wouldn't say there was actually anything in last season to have indicated that they were real friends. I like know, I thought they were. They definitely seemed like strangers who'd never spoken outside of their pods before, but they were an alliance. You know, they were definitely yes. an alliance. Yes, they were, they were bound together. I'm a little suspicious about how this is all going down. Like, it's becoming clearer and clearer that, well, I think, I guess people could have an opposite opinion on this, that Jarvis is the more human-like of the two. I agree. But she's the one pushing this narrative. Like, we're not really hearing Rose talk about it in her testimonials, and so... I've kind of wondered. That's the other part about it that kind of is frustrating as I'm watching it. Like the same thing with Tyler and his divorce, like the same is similar to me with Rose and Jarvis because they keep insinuating that Rose was saying bad things about Sergio, Jarvis's fiance, but we don't know what those bad things were. Like it's what? So, so what confusing. He, yeah. And it's like, it's so like Jarvis is mad at Rose because she's like saying these rumors about Sergio. So it, it is a little bit bizarre to me about like, well, is he, like, what are the rumors around Orange County? Is he some slum lord, like the douchebag? Does he sleep with all the girls? Like, what what is it? And we're not really getting that. And so it, it is frustrating to be like, okay, they seem to dislike each other for reasons that we're not seeing play out on the show. And that's been, that's a little bit frustrating. And we're four episodes in. They might be rolling it out to us slowly, but there is some feeling, because it's been a year since the last season came out, there is some feeling that, like, we're have we're supposed to have kept up with things in between. And listen, I do got to say, it's not that kind of show for me. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I catch up while I'm watching. I'll go on their Instagrams and I'll see, oh, okay, this is what happened, this is what happened. But I'm not, again, all I follow is Alex Hall. Um, and I don't pay that much attention to what she posts anyway. So like I'm forgetting Kayla exists until the moment she comes back across my screen. I'm not (laughs) reserving space for Kayla in the off season. And boy, does Kayla come back. Uh, we'll get to that girl in just one second. However, um, back to Brandy and this whole Tyler thing, it gets brought up in front of everyone at the office that Brandy has these opinions about Tyler and Alex and Tyler chooses to bring Brandy aside to talk to her about it. And Brandy does articulate like, 
you guys do seem to be a little too friendly. I have had clients call and ask about what's going on, what this is, and stuff like that. I have a question. If you had a realtor with the O Group in Orange County, and you saw this Alex Hall, Tyler, Brittany Snow thing, like they're getting a divorce, would you be calling your realtor up and asking like, what's this drama? Is this going to affect the sell of my home? Like, would you think, would that cross your mind? If I had any access to these people, I would be asking them a hundred questions <laughs> to answer that part of your question. No, I wouldn't be like, is this going to affect... If I were so rich as to be selling my home through them, no, I would not care about if it was going to affect the sale of my house. But I would be like, what's the tea, girl? Yeah. Like, can I get some details on Tyler and his big broad chin? What's going on? But I also... I couldn't totally tell if she meant it was a client who was like, I I thought it was like a, you know, some other real estate person they work with or something. I it thought it was a client. like one person. And it was, it did sound like one person. It did sound like it was a client. It didn't and sound like I, that big of a and deal. And to your point, it, it seems like a selling point to me. Like, oh, I want to be with this realtor group because I want to be able to ask my realtor all these questions. And like, yeah. Kyle... Richards, you know, I'm praying to the good lords above that Kyle and Mauricio stay together. But Kyle well, I don't know has, if you know this, but there's a 10 to 15% chance that after his <laughs> trial separation, the couple will get back together, according to multiple online sources. Praying for that 10 to 15% chance. Um, but she has said before, like, she would come along to some of Mauricio's client meetings when the wives are coming because she knows that that brings in the business. So wives want to talk to Kyle about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Mm, like mm -hmm. she is a selling point for them and stuff. So like I would see like do all the drama. Be messy as all hell because that will bring those clients that want to hear the juice about what's going on on camera and off camera. Like I I think it'd be a good like thanks Tyler and Alex for being messy and sleazy. Appreciate you. Yeah, they're I mean, they are the show, unfortunately. Yes. You know, yes. like this this is like the Kristen and Steven of this show, especially in Alex Hall's mind. Um, so yeah, I had that thought too when Brandy was talking about it. Is like if this person is talking to you for 30 minutes about it, that sounds like they're pretty engaged and wanting to sell their house through you. And it's not like, and that's what Alex says, right? She's like, she says something crazy like, can I not get fucked and sell real estate? <laughs> <laughs> she does say that. I said, yes, you can. You I sure guess, can, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, like, Brandy did. She did get emotional. She did feel like the, everyone else was starting to kind of, like, gang up on her because people were starting to chime in. And I did feel that way of, like, this was a conversation between her and Tyler. However, I will say they need a better space for private conversations because every <laughs> time it's like, that. hey, can I talk to you on the side? It's in this open air area where like literally everyone else is five feet away. So you could hear the entire conversation. It feels pointless to have a one-on-one -on -one when like everyone could hear. Last season, they used to go into something called the vault. I think there's like a an old bank vault in there or something. They used to go into some room and now they're like, excuse me, would you like to join me? <laughs> on these couches in this echo chamber where, and then like, I mean, and it's always like when they're talking on those couches, whoever they're talking about is sitting the closest to them. Like Alex Hall is directly beside them when they're having this conversation. And then, I mean, she does come in and completely 
kamikazes the or like you know torpedoes the conversation and and Tyler keeps being like please uh, I can speak for my it's like you don't have the power you are yes you're not the alpha here not the alpha here um and I don't know if this makes him the alpha or like you said, it just makes him a Nepo baby. But Tyler has two major listings. Um, one being a 40 not million. have these kind of listings last season. No, 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 no. Um, one being a $40 million property and the other being a $24 million property. Um, he has this brokerage opening at this $40 million property. He brings everyone from the O Group and all these other brokers. And it does seem to be like there was a little bit of a fight at the at the opening because Brandy now feels completely weird around Alex Hall, doesn't want to be around her, feels really uncomfortable with her. And um that's one of the things about reality TV is you kind of just have to fake it. <laughs> you can't you can't sit like shun them. But um Polly kind of tries to pull them aside and say, like, hey, like what's going on? Tyler nips it in a bud. And this is another thing about reality TV is you kind of have to let the fight play out. Don't appreciate you <laughs> breaking this up when you to did. To be fair, they go to like the lobby, like the bottom of the, <laughs> the spiral marble staircase, <laughs> like a lobby in this $40 million home where like I can only imagine sound carries the absolute most. Like it, yes. it is like echoing off the walls while they're you know, screaming about, like, who's having sex with who in the office. Yes. And as this whole debacle is playing out and kind of simmering out because uh, Tyler does put a, you know, end to it, Kayla tells Jarvis and Rose that Tyler and Polly made out at the office after hours. And that, I wasn't expecting that. That was not on my bingo card. I was not the after hours <laughs> office thing, but there is an earlier scene that like isn't totally worth discussing where Tyler and Polly meet at a house. It's like one of Tyler's former clients is now Polly's client. And I was like, oh, they have chemistry. Like, yeah, as opposed to this like extreme awkwardness, which is maybe based on actual chemistry in real life between Alex Hall and Tyler. Like when when Tyler rolled up to this and I can't tell. I would be interested to know from listeners like how they feel about Polly. I feel like maybe people don't like her, but I like her just because she's like, she's able to carry a conversation. I find her like charming and she talks really fast, whereas the rest of them talk in this like very slow, strange cadence. There's just something about her that I enjoy. And yeah, I just thought they had chemistry. And so then when this bomb drops at the end of the episode, I was like, I knew it. And I'll say this about selling the OC. They know how to keep you engaged at the end of an episode. Yeah, I'm, they do. Because it, it's very binge-worthy. Um, yeah. yeah, I feel similarly about Polly as I do about Alex Hall. I don't like her. I would not want to be friends with her. I would never bring my man around her. Um, I do like watching her on TV. I think she's gorgeous. I also do like her clothes. But she's not someone that I would consider a trustworthy friend. And I almost find what she did stripping down, running into the beach naked in front of two married men to be a little bit more outrageous than what Alex did with the nosy thing. I find more offense to that because now every time my husband goes into the office my thought would be, I wonder if he's remembering that time Polly 
ran naked into the ocean. Um, I thought you were going to say you'd be wondering, like, I wonder if someone is naked in front of him right now. That, that too. But like, I just feel it's like every time you see option. this woman, now you're just thinking about her breasts because you saw them. Like, so that would, that, I I just find Polly to be outrageous. She's great for television, but like, I personally would never click with someone that is like that. And I did feel like Kayla had a point with the whole double standard of, you know, granted, we didn't see what Kayla did off camera last season with Tyler. We don't know what that looked like. But for them to be so outraged by what Kayla did when they were doing equally bad things and now they're both like going after this man, like I did feel like Kayla had a point with saying like they crucified me and now I know Paula was making out with him. Granted, he's single now, but like they were doing crazy shit too around this married man and to this married man. And I was the bad guy last season. I you completely disagree. I was going to say, you don't like, look like you agree with me whatsoever. I just, <laughs> listen, if she had held her ground and made that point last season, it would be one thing. It would be like, if she was like, I got drunk, I made a mistake, you guys are also being inappropriate. Like, let's get, let's get a bird's eye view on this thing last season. What she did was like, admit to a lot of fault. Now she's saying she didn't do anything. She didn't yeah, touch she that man. Yeah, backtracking a little bit Last about what season, happened. like, it definitely sounded like she came on to him. She tried to make out with him. He was a pretty unwilling party. He was definitely married. And then it happened multiple times was what we were hearing. If she would like to refute some of those statements, I'm sort of open to it. But to say that it's hypocritical that they told her that that was bad, I mean, they were being flirty with him. So like, but that's not the point she's making. She's making the wrong point. She's saying that it's hypocritical that Polly's making out with him. It's a completely different situation for him to not be married than for him to be married. Yeah, I guess that was where I was getting frustrated with Kayla's argument as I was watching it was like, yeah, he's single now. Like, again, I do think it's messy that, you know, he was married and how these women were with him while he was married and now he's making out with them. It did feel a little bit weird, but like, uh, you're, you're right. She should have brought these things to them last season when like, you hear that Polly's running around naked on a beach in front of him. Like, that's when you say something like, oh, you're going to crucify me for this. Like, what? what's different from me being naked in front of him and me being a little bit too handsy? Same thing with Alex Hall. Like, why are you able... And they kind of... She kind of did try to do that on the she's boat finale. She's bad at arguing. Yeah, she's bad at it. But also... Alex and Polly are so good at it. And they also had Tyler and everyone else on their side. So they did kind of rally the troops against Kayla to where like, even though I did think she had, like when she was trying to prove her point last season, she wasn't able to because they had, they kind of did the gang up on her. And the only people that were defending her were Jarvis and Rose, who were also... <laughs> not respected in the office. <laughs> Listen, it's tough. She doesn't have the social cachet to be able yeah. to pull this off. And you have to know that. Like, if you're going to play in these waters, you have to be self-aware enough to know, like, what you can get away with and what you can't. And, like, she should be taking the long-term approach if she wants to get back at them, which is, like, garnering more social power. She very nearly has Geo on her side. That could get her something. One of these Alexandras is has to get a little better than they used to be. That can be a power player. Like, she's getting Brandy, but she just, like, overshoots her shot, and she gets, I mean, well, skimming ahead a bit, like, she gets so wild at Geo's party, like, trying to prove this point, and it's just kind of laughable to me. 
This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA, I make calls, I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it, you can work out in it, you can go outside, you can go shopping down in your local wherever, and you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Let's get into Gio's $100 million sales party. Um, <laughs> one, outrageous. Two, do you really need an ice luge of yourself? Like, do you really okay, look well, like let's him? let's be clear. There was an ice luge and oh. there was an ice sculpture. Sorry, the sculpture. And that looked not one thing like Gio. Looked like a Lego man. It looked like, I mean, it just didn't, It like it didn't have a neck. And I was <laughs> like, you know, ma'am, you have come on to this show decreeing the wonderful shapes of your ice sculptures and you have delivered this, like you had a huge opportunity to market your ice sculptures to the OC community. And this <laughs> isn't it. And this, it is Failed. not gone well. Um, yes. And so this party, again, like Sean, who is also someone that's an outlier, like this weird castmate that is given lines every once in a while, um, tries to confront Polly about why she's not talking to him as much anymore which again like is it, it is a thing with the sto- as much as i love this show like the story is just bad like this was like the most confusing conversation i've ever heard yeah like why do i care about sean and polly not talking you only show one scene of him every season i would like to know more about sean but yeah it, it gets weird he's calling her fake and then starts to kind of use what kayla told him about the making out session against her Kayla comes over and says, you know, you owe me an apology for your hypocrisy. How you treated me was wild, blah, blah, blah. When I know you made out with Tyler at the office. And Polly, you know, makes the point that she needs to learn the difference between a married man and a single man. Tyler was, is single. And it does sound like this happened in December. We got a little bit more clarity. It sounds like this was like a holiday party type thing. And like, 
things got a little crazy. Unsure. But um, Kayla, yes, it, it makes no sense. It gets loud. Tyler catches wind about this. And this is when Tyler also is just not a good person for reality TV because now he's like, oh, my business is out. Like, yes, this is the part. This is why we yeah. watch because we want it's your pretty, business to be out. Uh-huh. Because yeah. that's what the show's about is your business. Yes. It's, it's about your professional business and it's about your personal business. And that is what you've signed on for. And he does he does get really high and mighty when his business gets splashed out. And he did this last season in the finale because, like, I think he sees himself as a good guy, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, a lot of times it seems like he is, you know? Like, when he's having that conversation with Brandy, he very clearly is willing to give her a lot of room and a lot of grace to talk about what she needs to talk about before Alex Hall comes in and is like, no, we're not doing... You know, he seems to want to hear her out. He and seems it, nice. He, se- he seems he nice seems and genuine nice and... Yeah. To a point, you know? Yeah. And then... And then he seems really, like, indignant that he is being, like, even brought in the conversation because he's so nice, you know? It's, like, it's pretty nice guy, but it's, like, you know, pretty stereotypical nice guy behavior. Yeah, and I think, you know, and I I think it's a lot of, I don't want to say hypocrisy, I don't want to say gaslighting, but it is one of those things where it's, like, you can't be mad at them for bringing something up when you're literally making out with a coworker at the office. Yeah! This is not, you didn't do this at a club or a bar or like you did this in the office, like at your place of work, even if it was after hours, like that's some sloppy ass shit. Like something happened in the office last season too. Like, can you, is it just like a really central point for them to get to from the clubs or something? Like, what are they doing I've driven in that past office? it. There are a lot of restaurants and eateries and stuff like that, like on that street. Um, so maybe, but yeah, it just, I'm like, you can't expect that to be a secret. Like, even if cameras are down, you can't expect that to be a secret when you're doing it at work. Like, that that to me is a fucked up part. Like, to me, again, like, I, if I were Brandy, I'd be like, you guys are so messy. You're bringing in the stuff to, to our place of business. Like, that, you can't be doing stuff like that. Totally. That's like, that's the leg to stand on. And let me tell you where I'm not sitting if I ever go in those Oppenheimer offices on those couches. I don't know (laughs) what they've seen. Disgusting. Yes. Yes. Again, not doing it. Um, But yeah, the part, the part, I mean, outside of that, like Gio's interest at the party was a little, you know, I don't know. What are your thoughts on Gio? He's he's a lot, but doesn't I deliver for me. I cannot help but love him. I, really? I don't know what it... Yeah, I don't know what it is. Because, like, I feel like normally he would really annoy me, but there's something... So, he seems like the only adult in the room. Like, there's something yeah. sort of grounding about him. I don't like when he's, like, snotty. You know, when he's like... I mean, I do kind of like it, but when he's like... Okay, a moment I really liked that was not in Gio's favor is when... Tyler is showing them his $40 million listing. And Gio's like, good job, man. Like, finally, someone's getting up to my level in the office. And Alex (laughs) Hall says, I think I'm on your level pretty much. And I didn't have to have a parent to do it. Because his mom is, like, he is also also a Nepo baby. I hope his mom's coming back on in the later episodes. Do you remember her? Oh, yes, I do. I do. She was... I want to get my eyes on her again. (laughs) Um, I hope she's Um, coming back. She's fabulous. I just feel like Gia's very, like, anticlimactic. Like, 
even with his boat entrance, I was like, this is it. Like, it just oh kind of always, he always falls flat to me. He does, but for some reason, it's so funny to me because when he's like, he's like, how, what does he say? He's like such a, he's making his a speech about himself. He's like, and I, and that makes me know that you're proud of me about Jason. <laughs> oh, and, yeah. and Alex Hall from the audience is like, shouldn't he be saying that about you? Yeah. He generally also, though, lets that stuff roll off his back pretty well, you know? Yeah. And even, like, he never really says anything about Kayla, like, completely, Kayla and Polly, like, completely ruining his part. Not ruin, who cares? It's supposed to happen. But, yeah. like, someone else would be like, they ruined my event. Yeah. And he's just kind of like, he just goes and, t- there's, I don't know, there's something sort of simple about him, like, I like that his role is just to be kind of a snot and not, he doesn't have to have a storyline. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. I also think he's a good real estate agent. I do think he is genuinely a good real estate agent. I can imagine um, him showing me around a house. Do you do you know what a, a snog is, Jody? I do. What Can you explain that to me? Because as Polly was telling Hall that it was just a drunken snog, in the office. I couldn't decipher if that was just a peck, a makeout session. You didn't read Harry like, Potter, no Chelsea? Tongue. No, I wasn't a Harry Potter fan. Yeah, it's a it's just a British word for makeout. I think okay. the implication is generally like a young person's makeout, so not like too sexual, but more than a kiss. More than a kiss. Okay. So like a young person's makeout to me would be like a lot of grabbing and touching and stuff like, like overclothes, a, but yeah. still. Okay. I, I don't know how much touching is implicated in the word snog, but I'd say it means a tongue kiss, a French kiss, a makeout. Okay. Okay. So uh, to your point earlier, Hall did seem genuinely surprised. Like she, it sounded like she knew about the kiss, but she didn't know about the intensity of the snog. Um, And so she did seem a little bit caught off guard by it when Polly, when she did ask Polly more specifics about this makeout. I, I, yeah, I, I think it's weird. I think it's weird. And to Polly's point, she does own up to every part of it. Like she doesn't deny any of it, but it's like gross. I think it's gross to make out in the office. I think maybe if I'm shipping anyone in this cast, it's Tyler and Polly. I'm just like, yeah, that's the curveball that I'm looking for. Yeah. Because obviously, like, Tyler and Alex, there's that history of season one and of them, I think, not knowing each other in high school, but, like, having overlapped in social circles. But it's just, like, it just feels like it's not going to happen. Like, there's something missing and I really like the drama it would create. And I mean, I assume Kayla's head would just pop right off if Tyler and Polly ever really started dating. Oh, yes. That would be, that's what we need. Um, that's what I'm saying. Give quickly, me the goods. We do have a new girl come into the fold. Um, we meet her at Tyler's open house at his $24 million open house that his dad set up for him. Um, her name is Allie. What's her full name, Chelsea? Alex. Alexandra. She is a fourth Alexandra. Alexandra. In this cast. Yes. And I felt she 
was the worst Alexandra of the cast. Wow. She was tell me everything. What's I up? I didn't find her to be interesting. She was boring. The whole Kardashians of the South, like so original. Like I'm sure every family with girls think they're the Kardashians of the South. Miss Tennessee, that's cute. I don't know. I just, I, it just and it also just felt forced. It's like, okay, here's this new girl that we're casting. We're putting her in here. Pretend like to take her under your wings, like all this stuff. It just didn't, she wasn't, she wasn't giving me anything. I liked how she could speak in a voice and cadence that didn't make me grind my teeth together so hard that I have a headache for the full day. Like, I think she it's can, a Southern drawl. It's not that the drawl. Because you, uh, you're it's a Southern speed. drawl. Okay, I know, okay. I know. It's just like she can... I mean, you know, like when she's talking to Jason, sometimes yeah. when these people go into a house... And maybe the pe- other people in the OC are like this too. And so they're like, ah, we're all on the same page. But like when Alexandra Rose or Alexandra Jarvis start talking to a client or even sometimes Brandy and Brandy's deal, I think is like confidence. Like she sometimes lacks the confidence to like really go for it in the real mm. estate setting. But like with the Alexandras, I'm like, are people just kind of laughing when they're talking to them? Because they, they speak so strangely. They speak so strangely. Allie at least speaks in a way that like I can reckon, you know, it's very salesy. And like, that's what real estate is, you know? So that's what I'm expecting. So it makes sense to me. So maybe for me, being from Southern California, it doesn't bother me how they talk. (laughs) You do not talk like that. And it's not like their accent. It's like, but like no, maybe I know. it is. I mean, it's for slow talkers. Like it takes a while to get thoughts out. Like I, I, I've probably had many of conversations with people like that. So it doesn't. It's not jarring to me. I'm just like okay. I, I yeah. guess. I guess so. <laughs> but then, but then, I mean, then there's this about Jarvis, which is that like, I think I was giving, I was extending Allie like some credit because her longest scene is this very strange scene with Alexandra Jarvis where someone seems to be like holding a gun to Alexandra Jarvis under the table. And if she doesn't (laughs) talk about being Southern enough, they're going to shoot. Like, it's so weird. Like the way that she's like trying so hard to relate to Allie being Southern and Allie just goes with it. And she's like, yeah, I'm from a conservative Christian, I can't even, I can't do Jarvis's voice because it's so dead. It's like, (laughs) there's no inflection to it. That's what gets me, I think. I think she's making up that she's from Birmingham. I've done no research to back this up and Sasha doesn't have a bullet point in here. (laughs) But like, I would not be surprised if she was just from like Iowa and is just making up this Southern background. Nothing about her seems Southern. When she's like, in the South, we say y'all and bless your heart. It's like, you read that on a pillow. It's true, <laughs> but you read it on a pillow. I know. And it was also just one of those things where it's like, everyone knows that. Like, what, why are you yeah. putting that out? <laughs> it's like she learned about being Southern from being on TV. And now yeah. she's teaching someone else about being Southern on TV. And I do just want to be a little bit like, that's not what it's like. Yes. It's, an, yes. it's not a monolith. It's a nuanced experience. Yes. I I agree with that. Um, yeah. I don't know. And, and, I guess my whole thing with her is it just all feels forced, like her meeting with Jason, all totally. the stuff. Like, and so like that kind of is is the point about it where I'm just like, okay, just why don't you guys just say you hired her and have her start learning? Like she's not even a licensed realtor at this point. So it's just like all a bunch of also nothing. she doesn't live in the OC. Yes. What 
what is her boyfriend's job? Someone tell me what her boyfriend's job is right now that he flies into the OC from Nashville Nashville every Monday. That was mentioned a number of times. He flies in every Monday. And so she comes with him. Yes. I want more. Yes, I do too. Um, A couple of things in these last, in these first four episodes is, you know, we haven't really talked about Austin much so far. Um, Austin. Not a lot to say. Not a lot to say. Austin's wife. I don't think she likes him very much. I can't, I can't, their chemistry is weird. Maybe she's just not someone that likes to be in front of the camera. I don't know. Well, he's not exactly lighting up on screen either. (laughs) It's the thing. He's like such an understudy to Tyler and Tyler's not exactly blowing the roof off the place either. I mean, it's just not, the personalities of the men like do not match up to the, strange and powerful personalities of the women. Although I still like that it's co-ed. Like, it's nice to have them around. But yeah, I mean, the Austin's family life is making me pretty nervous. Yes. Like, he... he, I don't know. Just the wife seems very unhappy in the scene where they were at the home and talking about wanting more kids. Like, I was surprised she wanted more kids. Like, she looked like she could run away and not be around those kids ever again. Like, I (laughs) did not... I did not get that from her. Like, I want to be with my family all the time. Like, it did not come across to me. Like, Austin kind of seemed like like more of a hands-on dad. But, you know, according to her, he's never around because he's working and getting drunk with his co I fully buy that. And I could see that, like, if this is her moment to have a second parent there, that she's kind of offline. But it doesn't... Their relationship is not coming across very clearly. And, like, hearing that he, well, something we haven't talked about is, like, hearing that he was, like, at some Halloween party with friends and saw Alexandra Jarvis, like, with her fiancé at some weird party or whatever. It's, like, you should be at home on Halloween. That is a child's holiday. Like, why are you out on Halloween? I just, something's Without your wife. Did it sound like he wasn't with her, too? Yeah, it did not sound yeah. like he was with his wife. It's yeah. They something something doesn't smell right there. And then also he said that thing. He said it once between the two of them, and then he said it to Tyler. She wants to have more children. He very vocally does not. And he mentions a few times that she is trying to jujitsu leg lock him <laughs> into having children sexually, which sounds not okay. (laughs) He was like, she does leg day, man. She is strong. I don't know. I'm like, you guys gotta get this figured out because you are on two very different pages. Yeah, they seem like they're on different pages when it comes to finances, money, like a lot of things. So I, their relationship is bizarre to me. He's bizarre to me. They don't seem like a full married couple. And to your point about this Halloween party that he went to and saw Jarvis at, and then they like to try to insinuate that, you know, she's a swinger or whatever. Like Tyler's or Austin's marriage kind of seems like it could be something of a little bit open, openness. Yeah, maybe I would, try I would swinging. Suggest. I mean, like, I think that might, that could maybe settle a few things down and I don't know, like open it up. Yeah. You know, and lastly, I think this might be one of the last things that we get to, but Hall hosts a dinner at her house where at first 
I thought she was just making pasta, lasagna, fresh, homemade from scratch for just Tyler because he was the first one to arrive. And I was like, ooh, we, they are fueling these dating rumors. Mm -hmm. But then Polly and Austin slowly show up as well. And they have this dinner. And and this is the Mean Girls table. Like Austin, Tyler, Polly, and Alex. This is the Mean Girls table. The popular girls table, for sure. The popular girls table, for sure. The in crowd. Yes. Um, you know, they go over Gio's party. They call Kayla crazy. Uh, Hall says she knows crazy, but she like Kayla is the craziest of the crazy. Paula said Polly says that Jarvis is super calculating, which again, like last season, Jarvis and Polly don't get along, but we do not know why they don't get along. We do not know why they do not like each other. And it's still like what what is what is the backstory there? Give me some more context so I could be a little bit more fully invested. I love this show. It's very surface level, but like I I could get on a cult level addiction to it if they gave us a little bit more context around these storylines. It's kind of funny though. They It is like, it's very brazen how they just drop you into something and yeah. don't explain it. Like, Not at all. <laughs> yeah. These two people don't like each other. Rose said something crazy about Jarvis and we're literally not going to tell it to you or like maybe we're going to tell you seven episodes in. Like Jarvis, or let's see, the kind of the, I think one of the big reveals of this dinner is that Alex Hall tells everyone, everyone who will listen in every scene from here on out, that Alexandra Rose said something to her big client, Scott, mm-hmm. at Gio's mm-hmm. party. And he, she, ba- Alexandra Rose was basically like, why are you working with Hall? How long have you been working with her? And then her client turned right around and told her. And then, I mean, Alex Hall is acting like she's mad about this, but she is like salivating at having this like morsel of drama. She's so delighted to have this on Alexandra Rose. If it's even true. If it's even true, but also again, like who cares? You know, this woman, you know how she operates. You obviously don't like her already. Like, why are you surprised that she's supposedly saying this to one of your clients? Well, they are on a reality show, Chelsea. (laughs) Yes, they are, I guess. Uh, And then another thing that gets brought up at this dinner is that apparently Jarvis has been engaged or married several times prior to her current engagement, which surprised me a little bit. Yeah, I want a Chiron on the screen telling me how many times. This is a place where I'm like, okay, Polly's going to say 17 times. I know that's not true. Polly is on one at this dinner. Like, she doesn't have a PC bone in her body. She's like, Kayla's a psychopath. Kayla is a... (laughs) psychopath like just they are raging on Kayla who I think at worst is like deeply insecure and doesn't know how to handle it but I don't know and then she's like and everyone knows Alexander Jarvis has been married 17 times I was like has she (laughs) so how I think she's been like probably engaged three times I, that's what it seems like. But yes. Um, also, how old is she? Like, I'm curious, like, when did she start? If she And if she's from the South, that could explain. Maybe she got engaged right out of height, like younger in the South. Who knows? Anything else that like stuck out to you in these first four episodes that we didn't hit on? Uh, you know, episode four, which is the one that we're ending on, is like kind of mostly revolves around the suspicion or the rumor, the hearsay that Rose has said this thing to Alex Hall's client and like Jason's pretty worked up about it. They have a confrontation about it on the couches that everyone can hear and contribute to. And uh, it kind of doesn't go anywhere because 
Alexandra Rose is like, I didn't say it. And it's so hard to tell if she's lying on account of how, like, she speaks, which Chelsea sees as totally (laughs) fine and normal. Um, And it is fine. It is fine. People are allowed to speak however they want. I'm (laughs) positive people listening to me are like, slow the hell down. Why are you talking like this? But... You know, it's just, she's always on, it feels like, when she's on camera. Like, she, I just don't think if you ran into her in real life, that's how she'd act. But maybe, maybe I'm wrong. And so it's hard to tell if she's lying or if she's just acting like she normally does. Um, But Hall's not letting it go. Like, she has her talons in Rose now. I definitely think that Rose said that to her client. Totally. 100%. Like, she said it. It's something that she said. And and leading into that, like Jarvis and Rose had this whole, again, no resolution, no clear, super confusing conversation at the end of episode four um, about their status of their friendship. Because Jarvis did say in the group setting that she does believe Rose would likely say something like that to somebody's client. Rose felt like Jarvis didn't have her back. Like, why are you agreeing with the, the hyenas that all hate me? I did love Rose saying, I know God is always watching, especially when it comes to business. <laughs> like, I don't know if that's when he's really tuning in, but a lot of religion in these first three episodes. Oh, surprising, yeah. surprising amount. Yeah, this this scene is made even stranger by the fact that they're like in the $70 million home that Jason showed to Alex Hall earlier, and like Alex Hall's maybe gonna get in on, but then they also had, he also had Jarvis and Rose come there. But so I just kept expecting like Jason or someone to arrive to show them around. But no, they've just gone to have this house to like have a confrontation around the fire pit. With no resolution. The confrontation was so anticlimactic. Again, it was stuff that they were talking about that we don't have further details on. Sergio, how Alex Rose behaves in front of clients, stuff like that. And it kind of just went nowhere. It Basically, Jarvis was like, I think she said, you see me more of a friend than I see you kind of a thing, which is, you know, she had a few. She had a few bangers in this conversation, too, because she was like, Alexandra Rose was basically being like, I was just saying that whatever, whatever it is that she said about Sergio, which the, the most detail we hear on it is that she said something like that Jarvis is going to meet a lot of rich men. So maybe she doesn't need to like, settle for Sergio was like my guess at maybe what she'd said. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's definitely going to meet a lot of rich men if she's at these weird Halloween parties that Austin (laughs) is going to. But it sounds like maybe that's along the lines of what Jarvis said. And Jarvis is like, I I don't know. Like, I wasn't, I didn't mean anything when I said that. I wasn't thinking about anything. And Jarvis says, just saying things without thought is not something to be proud of. And it's like, yeah, it's not a really great excuse that you were just thoughtlessly saying some shit to your best friend about her fiance. Yeah. But uh, I do kind of love these two weirdos together. Maybe they can work it out. (laughs) Maybe they can work it out. That's something we could look forward to in these last four episodes. I'm looking forward to Cabo. I'm looking (gasps) forward to Brandy. We see in the trailer, she kind of gets up in Alex's face. Curious what that's about. I can't wait for Cabo. I want to take these folks off road, off script. It's like it has to get... If I know anything about Laguna Beach and the the OC, the original the OC, it's when they go to Mexico, that's when things 
really go off the rails. So I'm looking forward to Cabo. Same, same. Um, Guys, I'm Chelsea Sark-Jones. This is Jody Walker. So excited to be recapping Selling OC with you guys. You could also catch some Selling OC content on Batch Party because Julia and Callie are also talking about it. So if you just can't get enough, we got you covered. And they're going to have the real estate details. If I know anything <laughs> about Juliet and Callie, it's that they're they're going to have some of the Zillow, the Zillow facts listings. for you. Yes. <laughs> um, all right, guys. We'll catch you on the for the next four episodes here on Ring of Reality. Talk to you later. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.